The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 100, and get 100. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash WinBet. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcasting Network, and as always... It's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. The BBW Show. Bankroll Builder Wednesday. Uh, joining me. Joining me to take down this year BBW. Mr. Mark Capitan. That's right, Packrat himself. Mark, what's up, buddy? How's it going, Chase, man? It's uh, It's been a bit. I was on, what, a couple, you know, a month or two ago, I want to say. And uh, things have been good, you know, kind of getting out of those winter blues. Um, we're starting to see some derby preps. So the, you know, season's starting to pick up, racing's starting to pick up. And, you know, this is the time of year where Oaklawn becomes a really fun track. Uh, you know, Oaklawn reminds me a lot of Saratoga in that regard, where uh, it's um, kind of a tale of two meets. You know, there's the early meet which is that sort of December, January meet, which is kind of slow and kind of garbage racing. And this time of year, it really starts picking up and you start seeing better quality horses shipping into town. Um, you know, honestly, the derby scene has really come through Oaklawn um, the past couple of years, you know, pretty, pretty solidly. So uh, it's, it's nice to, um, yeah, you know, nice to get back to some good racing. Yeah, we will be looking at the Friday's Oaklawn card. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. First, um, Oaklawn is always a fun track. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. Even when they're not racing, it's a fun track. Damn it. Uh, and two, uh, not only that, we sit on the precipice of history, I think, at, at Oaklawn. You have, uh, unless he's passed it and I just didn't see the headline, uh, Steven Asmussen is inching towards 10,000 career wins. I yeah. think as as of Saturday he was four short. I'm not sure if he picked up any on uh, on Sunday or if he was anywhere else. You googling that for me? You doing a little Google? Um, Google? I, I I don't. I have yet to see an announcement, so I'm going to assume that he did not get it done. But uh, you know he's got enough horses on this card that he can easily get it done just in Friday at Oakland. I think he's got a horse or two in every race. So. Yeah, I've got a prop bet on one of them that they're going to be number ten thousand. Um. If he hasn't already hit it, even if he has, I feel like uh, one is going to get deducted from his total somehow, like a wrong lip tattoo or something. And uh, this will be the one that is the rightful 10,000. Yeah, OK, very cool. Very cool. A lot of things got to go right. A lot of things got to go right for that to happen, Mark. I'll admit it right now. I got to have a lot of things break my way. But uh, yeah, at, for as far as we can tell, he's he's approaching win number ten thousand. Uh, maybe he gets this Friday yeah, on this blood, blood card. Horse is saying he is three away, so he must okay. have one win. Um, and they're saying ninety nine, ninety seven, and he clearly has uh, you know has enough to get him there. So yeah, and not only that, uh, I mean, he, it's not like he doesn't run horses at multiple places. Like he's gonna have. A lot of chances to get things done. I kind of think that he wants to win it at Oakland. Like, I, if I'm him, I'm scratch out all of my 
all of my starters uh, everywhere else, and I focus in on Oakland. Because, I mean, he, he owned the place for a good long time before the meteoric rise of Diodoro uh, yeah. the last couple of years with uh, M&M's horses, now just a, a slew of owners. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you make, though, of Asmussen at Oakland Park this year so far? I mean, it seems like his barn is honestly historically cold he's only nine percent on the meat he's 12 for 139 so obviously he's got a crazy number of starters yeah. and he runs runs a lot of horses maybe he was just running horses that needed a race before they shipped to the real target destination track for that target race and he was just getting you know a leg stretcher in him um off the winter break but it, it seems like he's been pretty cold i mean traditionally that's kind of how he starts and you know it's weird because as of last year they moved it up from like a mid January start to like first couple weeks of December start and maybe it's just kind of like now he's clicking in like this is you know before they lengthened the season this was about the time when he would start to click in which is like a month and a half in now it's you know a little bit a little bit more of a delay it takes a little bit for his barn to get right I don't know I've never trained a horse uh, I've talked to people who've trained horses big shout out Jason Barkley for coming on the show but uh you know I I don't have that horse training mind uh I just think uh go fast and win me money I love the animals. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> no, it's it's funny, you know, with that regard, I always take note of trainers who are on, you know, cold spells or, or hot spells um, and move their horses up and down accordingly. So when, when I cap this card, um, as much as I want to see, you know, I mean, Steve's going to get the 10,000. I mean, there's there's no question of that. It's just where and when does it happen? Um, you know, I definitely have a hard time getting behind some of his horses. And there's there's also a couple of other barns that, uh, you know, I think we'll probably talk through a few of them. Obviously, the Dio barn has, has been really hot, but there's uh, there's been a few other barns that have been a little cold that are normally, um, you know, normally real stalwart Oakland Park, uh, you know, park barns. So. so I do think the Aspison barn is getting ready to heat up, and that's uh, for two little words. It's uh, Joel Rosario is about yeah. to be on track i believe friday uh, you know he, he's going to be here in fact i'm on a horse that that he's got um i'm gonna make a bold prediction that steve asmussen breaks ten thousand uh with keith asmussen up on a horse that i hope is named nepotism express oh that would be th th that's so many levels there right there's there's, right. there's so much there i'll tell you what fading fading asmussen horses with with Keith on has been like a favorite of mine. It's like, oh man, he hates this horse. He's putting his son up. And uh, then I got beat by a couple of Keith Asmussen uh, road horses. I was like, well, son of. Well, uh, Keith's bitch. only had three winners, so uh, you know, I mean, it, it would it would all kind of be fitting if his son wins him his ten thousandth. That would all be of them hurt equally the same, <laughs> Mark. All of them hurt e an equal amount. You know what? Let's get into this card. But first, we're going to take a quick break here on the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. When we get back, it's BBW Wednesday. We're going to be talking the Oakland Park Friday card for February 17th. We'll be right back. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets Build Your Own Bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Are you ready to play? Well, sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, and it's limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All I have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present the state where play through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're talking Bankroll Builder Wednesday. We're talking the Oakland Park Friday card. It's February 17th, 2023. Year of our Lord. It's a nice nice little nine race card. First post, 1.30 Eastern, 12.30 God's time. And how does the BBW show, the Bankroll Builder Wednesday work? Any race, any wager, $100 budget, whatever you think makes that money, that cash money. So let's go ahead. Let's jump into it. Uh, I think I'm going to be first here because... I didn't have a play in uh, races one through two. Uh, Mark didn't have a play in uh, until race six. So knowing how numbers work, I believe that makes me go first here. And uh, I'll be playing a, a, a personal little pig boy angle. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand up. You may laugh at my little pig boy antics, but I had someone on Twitter actually thank me for my little pig boy antics because they actually hit on this specific angle I'm going to bring up. First time gelding. Race three, I'm looking at the horse following the ultimate equipment change, and I'm talking about the number two master of arms. Five to one on the morning line for Ron Moquette. Uh, drops in class out of a $50,000 allowance race at Churchill. This is a six furlong, $25,000, non-winners of two lifetime claiming race. Since being gelded, I mean, it's got the focus workout times that support the theory that the horse is more focused post-ball ectomy, uh, which is a removal of the balls, which apparently they throw on the roof, which is weird. Uh... And also, I don't think this horse is going to let the early pace get more than about three lengths out front of it. The pace supports the horse's uh, case to win. Uh, so I'm thinking the horse is going to get you know a, a good amount of pace to to close into, and I'm I'm going twenty dollars to win on the two Master of Arms five to one for Ron Moquette. Yeah, I was going to say I, I don't I don't hate your pick at all there. Um, I I love first time geldings. It's the thing that I love to chase and I love to bet them. Um, what you like to see is a first time gelding who's had a little bit of time off since being gelded. And this is one of those um, because oftentimes horses become much more focused. They train better in the mornings. Uh, the work pattern looks really good coming into this race. So this may be one of those cases that uh, horse got a little more focused in the morning, training a little better and, and is uh, it takes a little step forward, gets some class relief here as well. Uh, a lot of things for to like and Rafael Bejarano um, sees to take this mountain back. Um, and, you know, I, I, I can't fault you there at all. The other horse, that I was a little interested in in this race, um, I, and this was not one of my plays, but is the the number five horse, Vobiscum, uh, for I think friend of the show, Jason uh, Jason Barkley. Um, you know, these types of races, when you see these non-winners of two, these are the races you want to be spreadier in. These are the races that you want to go find those prices because these are horses that, don't like to get their photo taken. They don't like to win. Uh, so when I see a horse that's lightly raced and there's yep. still going to be upside, that's a horse that I find pretty interesting. You get a lot of these horses that have, you know, nine, 10, 12 starts and they've only won once. Um, and a lot of these horses haven't won in a very long time since breaking that maiden. So I, I would, you know, personally, I like taking the fresh face in these types of races, but I can't falter too, given the fact that you're getting a lot of changes and you're getting that class relief. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting that we both keyed in on one thing, which is 
horses that in comparison to this rest, rest of this field are pretty lightly raced. Boba Scum, yep. I mean, we're talking two career races. Uh, and with Master at Arms, I, I think we're only talking, what, this will be the seventh career race, uh, ninth career race yep. compared to, you know, 12, 13 double digit type wins, which if the horse were a maiden and we're sitting on zero wins lifetime, it would be a toss for me. So I don't know why I would expect it to have any less trouble winning against winners. I also think with your two, you can kind of disregard all those Brian Lynch trained starts. Um, this horse really just didn't show much. And then the barn switched to the mocap barn and, you know, right off um, really perked the horse up. So I think this may be, you know, we, we all talk about, and again, neither of us are trainers, but every trainer is a different style. They have a different way that they manage their horses. They're doing different types of workouts at different. And sometimes, you know, a, a barn change like that will just sort of, reinvigorate a horse the yep. horse will maybe train a little better maybe they're training earlier in the morning and he likes the horse likes that maybe they're training you know the horse likes to sleep in and they train later maybe they have a different workout routine longer works or shorter works all those types of things so um you know hopefully the barn change here gets it done and, and i knew i like your play i think that's a smart play yeah main takeaway here uh when it comes to uh geldings mark also <laughs> little pig boy comes from the dirt <laughs> He's a weasley little mud grub who needs to be stood on. Little pig boy. So forget everything else Mark said. Just remember the fact that he's a dirty little pig boy like me. All right. So it's me again because uh, I, I have race five. Still one more race until uh, till Mark cracks it off here. It's a eight and a half furlong, $104,000 non-winners of something allowance. Uh, to me, it was another, another uh, race where a horse can maybe come from a little bit off the pace here. And this time, the horse that I have doesn't have attractive odds, but looks like a winner, and I don't want to waste it. And that's number nine, Let's Duet. 75 on the morning line. Is it chalky? Yes. How do you make money off of a clear winner that's chalk? You single it, or you key it. So, I opted to key it. I, I went with a $10 exact, a 9 over 358. Uh, just a superior horse. I don't think it's going to have any problem catching this early speed here. And, you know, I'm putting the horse that I feel like will come off the pace over the three horses I think could be on the lead whenever they hit the stretch. I mean, you have to think about how this race shapes up and how you expect it to finish. And the way I expect it to finish is at least one of these horses, number three, Chillaxification at 20 to 1, the five, Coastal Charm at 7 to 2, or the eight, Lady Commander at 10 to 1, to stay up long enough for the nine, let's duet to, to get them pretty much with a, a head bobber, you know, maybe half a length of the wire. What do you think about that? I, I love I love it. Um, you know, I, I am a notorious chalk-eating weasel, and I will again eat the chalk here. I, I agree with you. I think that the, the nines can be real tough in here. Horse obviously didn't love the the wet fast going last time out. Should be no uh, no nothing in the weather forecast. So looks like it should be fast uh, come Friday. And uh, this is one of the few horses in the field that's shown that this is the trip he wants. He wants to go, um, you know, this mile and a 16th trip. He's never missed the exacta in uh, in two attempts at it. Um, and I, I think he's, a, you know, a very likely favorite and pro probably one of your more likely winners on the card. So I, uh, I like the play. I'll tell you what, uh, I know there's not going to be any weather because I haven't felt it in my bones yet. I broke my back. What do you mean by that? Your back is broken. What uh, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. That part. Marky, Marky, Marky. Can't you see? Sometimes your plays just hypnotize me. Let's get to your first play, starting in race six. It's an eight furlong, forty thousand dollar claiming. B 
Be aware it's the short stretch mile at Oaklawn, but don't be too aware because it can lead you in a bad way. Cliffhanger, who you got, Mark? <laughs> yeah, so in this race, uh, you know, I, I'm somebody who really likes, uh, you know, likes statistics. I like to pay attention to what barns have been hot, what trainers and jockey connections are working real well. And uh, nobody has been hotter at Oakland than Norm Cassie. And uh, Cassie Barn right now is hitting at 53% on the meet. He's nine for 17. His horses are just absolutely firing. And when Cassie puts up Santana, they're 64%. Um, both of those uh, stats have massive ROIs. And that really leads me to the four silk trade in this race. A uh, horse with a lot of speed should get fairly loose. Uh, you have Santana, who is very, very good on the front end. That's, uh, you know, no thinky, just Sunday. Um, so I think Santana breaks, gets to the lead, and uh, everybody else is running for second in this field. Horse gets quite a lot of class relief, you know, and arguably, if you look at those last three performances, this is probably the level that that horse really belongs at. This is, you know, kind of found his friends finally. Um, second off, uh, second off the layoff, obviously the horse faded badly in the stretch going six last time out, but Cassie has really good numbers second out. So I think silk trade is going to be really, really tough in here. Uh, I have a couple of pick threes because I liked race six and I liked race eight, and then I'm kind of getting spready in race seven. So uh, I will have a win bet, a 10 or a $10 win bet on the four, and then I will give you the pick threes after we get through the next two races. But uh, I thought silk trade was the most likely in here, and I also liked a little bit of two of a price uh the three windcracker in here who i thought was a little bit interesting and a little bit of red knobs who is going to be your looks like very short priced favorite based on the morning line but uh i you know that horse seems two to one i mean i get it it's do but that horse feels a little suspect to me as uh as your morning line favorite i'm mad at the racing office for not shifting uh these you know, race order around because they've deprived me of having a red knobs penetrator double um, for the second time and uh, feels like a week and a half. But uh, so so it is. So it goes. We cannot bet the red knobs penetrator double. Um, I, I my headline for this race is uh, Rosario's back. God damn it. Joel Rosario is back. Also, in these eight furlong races, the common wisdom is that with the short stretch mile that you have to be on the lead, and it's going to be a horse that wires the race. Well, you know what? You know what wins this a lot of the time is a well-placed middle move. A well-placed middle move, a horse that can, you know, hit the uh, hit the uh, turn in the lead that's not really that out there setting the pace, one that's hanging back and just kind of exploding through the second turn. And a horse that fits that profile that I'm getting a great price on with Joel fucking Rosario aboard is the number two two by two at 12 to one, which also coincidentally has a two in that number. Uh, it should sit behind that early pace for a drops in class today, a hot commodity at the claim box. And I like the aggressive move by Johnny Ortiz to make the second, you know, protected start in, in an allowance race instead of dropping the horse back to the claiming rings. I like it when, when trainers have balls about their placements of horses that they have confidence in them, it's a good sign to me. It's hit the, trife the trifecta 50% of its starts on a faster surface. And if you toss out the last start in the slop, I mean, the speed figures are pretty competitive, competitive enough to win. So I'm going with a $10 win on the two, two by two at 12 to one, which also has a two in it, and a $5 exacta 
Two over nine ten. Nine and ten look like the early speed uh, that two by two will have to close over, and that's the nine silver dust at nine to two, and the ten Alvarado, Alvaro at six to one. So that puts me in for twenty bucks there. I'm in for seventy total. Uh, let's see. You're in the juicy part of a pick three, right in the middle, the meaty part of the bell curve. What do you think of race seven? Yeah, I you know I thought race seven was a real wide open affair. Um, I, I think there are a number of horses. It's a claiming twenty or it's, it's a claiming twenty N two L. You know th- these are again these horses that are you know career maidens who uh, a lot of these have a lot of starts. These races are tough, and I'm just gonna go do a little bit of price fishing in here, and I'm gonna go four deep. Um, I ended up with the three, the nine, the ten, and the eleven. Uh, you're getting that would be mystifier. Uh, quick to blame, conspiracy fact, and mint. Uh, you know, I think mint the uh, the Cox horse with Rosario up probably takes a lot of you know it takes a lot of money. Um, but I don't really know. You know, I think oftentimes at Oakland, and I enjoy kind of doing this at certain tracks. You know that you know, Brad Cox is going to take a ton of money, so right. you can try to find ways around him. If the eleven mint wins, oh, so be it. You know, the horse might be two to one on the board, um, but. You know, if you can get around that horse, you, you kind of get paid. I mean, you're getting a, a deal horse at, uh, you know, at uh, what, five to one. You're getting some other prices in here that make some sense, some horses that fit. Um, and, and I do really like how Oakland does this. You're, you're, you're seeing a lot of people dropping and winning here. And the reason is the purses are big at Oakland. You get these inflated purses, $29,000 purse with a $20,000 claim. You know, that's a, a race that normally people would be putting that horse in a claiming 40, but they're saying, oh, geez, I can go to a lower claiming level at Oakland because the purse is bigger to make up for that. So as long as my horse yeah. runs well, um, I get that ROI that I'm looking for. So you, uh, hit, the, you it, hit the board, you cash a check, you get the horse claimed, you still end up making your profit margin. You you make your profit. You walk away from the deal, and, and you're good. And, and you know somebody else that has better ideas of what to do with that horse can take them and uh, spot them appropriately. So you, you'd mentioned you know hot horses at the claim box. You'll see that a lot at Oakland because it's a very good class you know, horse or race to or track, I should say, to claim and then come back at because of those big juicy purses. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of people kind of, and it's no different than say Saratoga, where you see a lot of people who might take the meets right before. Oakland or Saratoga and use that as the opportunity to start claiming their their horses that they think are going to run well for for that next meet so they might not do anything at say Aqueduct or Belmont but you'll see them really kind of start to hit their hit their top form uh with some of the barns uh whenever they uh they actually make the move uh to uh western upstate uh, okay. Upstate New York, we can, oh. we can call it upstate. Yeah, okay. It's Western's like East, Buffalo, eastern right? Of, eastern part of state, almost right on the border on the east side. But uh, it is yeah. it is upstate. So, okay, my cardinal directions failed me. Let's move on. Let's look at race eight, six furlongs, one hundred and eight thousand dollar allowance. This is a great race for a Friday allowance feature race. Excellent. This is a stakes caliber race. You know, you know why that happens. Because they throw money around. Because you get the big purses, just like Mark was saying. He's got a pick three to finish up, so I'm going to give my my final play here in race eight. Yeah, so uh, this is a race I looked at, and there's a lot of names that are uh, going to take money just off from the 
you know, known quantity appeal. There's horses like Morello, there's horses like CZ Rocket um, in here that are horses that have been around for a while. We've, we've known them all. Um, you know, we sort of knew Morello from the, um, you know, originally was on the Kentucky Derby trail and then things went awry. Um, and then you have somebody like CZ Rocket, who's a, you know, was a horse that a couple of years ago uh, was a, a massive factor in the sprint division and would go to the, you know, and I'm honestly didn't run terrible in the Breeders' Cup sprint this past year um, with a good second, uh, you know, but I, I think when you're talking about somebody like CZ Rocket, you're talking about a nine-year-old horse. And we talk about Morello, he's, he's got a lot of questions to answer. So I ended up on a massive price here. And that's the two Rotney. Uh, this is a New York State bred. And I, you know, this is one of those placings that's so weird that this horse just feels like he has to be really alive. Michael, you know, Maker ships this horse when he does have a barn in New York. He could be running this horse in black type stakes, keeping him protected in state bred company, but he decides to ship him to Oaklawn, put him in an open allowance field. Um, now, those black types in New York, probably, you know, if you win one of those, you're going to get a similar amount of money. Um, but I think this is one of those class test spots for Maker, where Maker's going, let me see if this horse belongs in open company. And if he does, maybe I'll keep him here. The one start, uh, you know, versus open company did not go well in the Animal Kingdom at Turfway. But that's over synthetic. And honestly, that was probably a, a much better field than he's running versus today with a lot of horses that may be a little over the hill and their, their best days are behind him. I think Rodney gets out, gets really loose on the, on the lead here. And I don't know if anybody can track him down late. So I will have a $10 win bet on him and I'm going to be sort of, uh, pushing most of my pick three money through him. And uh, I can give those uh, pick threes now, if that works good or yeah, go ahead. Okay. Rail them off. Let's hear it. So how I had my pick three structured is sort of an AC strike type structure. I had that four that I liked in the first leg, and I have the two that I like in this last leg. So I have an $8 pick three, which is four over three, nine, 10, 11 over two, a $3 pick three, which is three, eight over three, nine, 10, 11 over two. And a second $3 pick three, which is four over three, nine, 10, 11 over four, six. And I'm also going to uh, put a $10 win bet on this too here, Rodney. So uh, I hit the exactly at the $100 mark. And I think when you're, you're you're making one of these, you know, fundraiser, you know, make money to blast away on, uh, you know, on the weekend type of wagers, um, you really want to focus on where you have your best opinions. And I have my best opinions in these three races, so I'm firing away. Same here with me and one of my best opinions in race eight. And uh the thing is, CZ Rocket, the thing about handicapping is being able to identify bad favorites. That's the first skill you should probably work on on honing, is figuring out when a favorite is going to lose. And I think CZ Rocket will take a shit ton of money all in back class. And this horse didn't have a great 2022. It's trending downwards. I mean, it's going from racing in exclusively stakes company to now is kicking back to, you know, kicking back to allowance races. I mentioned that Breeders' Cup sprint um, where he finished second. I think a lot of people are going to look back and see that race and go, wow, he finished second, arguably the best sprint race in the country. That may have been the worst Breeders' Cup sprint in the past 20 years. Yeah, that was bad. an extremely weak field. Yeah, he finished second. He ran well, but he's been trending downwards. He's, you know, there's oftentimes this cliff with horses and, you know, one of our, both of our favorite horses kind of hit it at one point. Um, you know, they sort of get to a point and then they go off that cliff. And, and I really don't know if I think CZ Rocket is 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 there. 
You're talking about Whitmore. You were the real. I was talking about Whitmore, and I was trying to subtly go there. Yeah. That's what happened with Whitmore. Whitmore was a. That's true. He's, yeah, he outstayed horse. his horse welcome he is did. what happened. He, did. Um, he, he, he was very competitive, and then he got to a point where he stopped being competitive, and he was retired. Yeah. And that, that being competitive to not being competitive happened very quickly. And in horse racing, you oftentimes – people remember horses fondly, and they continually bet them. You want the horse of the now, not the horse of two years ago. And well, I think what people betting CZ Rocket are getting the horse of two years ago. Well, I'm getting the horse of now because I'm going with the five, Morello. Horse on a parade! That's right. Named after, I, I assume, named after the lead guitarist of Rage Against the Machine. Uh, here's the deal. The horse ran a mammoth Gotham. And then the horse just went off form. It happens. Horses run huge races, and it takes the starch out of them a little bit, and it takes a little bit for them to kind of trend back up. And the horse has really slowly been ticking back up into top condition, and I could think really be tuned up for the start of its uh, four-year-old campaign. So I'm going to be a straight-up win on the five, Morello. I'll tell you what, though. If we were at 9,999 for Steve Asmussen, if Keith Asmussen had a mount in this race, I would 100%, 100% bet that horse to win. I'm not going to here, but if he had one, I the nepotism express for for 10,000, can you think of a better narrative? I that would be that would be pretty amazing. Now, nah, that that would be good, Chase. That would be good. Now, I, do you, I, I, you know, do you hold on, do you remember at Remington Park when a uh significantly older than everybody BL Goff just ran away to win a race at the tender age of like 70. And I'm not going to say the other jockeys pulled up to let BL golf win, but they definitely didn't chase him down. <laughs> didn't look like they were riding their hardest. So, I mean, is Keith Asmussen 70 something years old? No, he's not. Is he as cool as BL golf? Absolutely fucking not. But I could see them BL golfing them right into the winner circle. I mean, BL golf can grow, grow facial hair. Keith Asmussen, <laughs> I don't know about that. Keith so, Asmussen is in his prime before he turns into like a six foot three monster like his dad and can still ride horses without his <laughs> legs dragging the ground. No, I mean, I, you know, I think you're talking Morello, and uh, there's definitely some things to like here if you get anywhere. You know, you, you just have. Oh to yeah, hold on, I forgot the most important part: Joel fucking Rosario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah there's definitely things to like here. Um, you know, my biggest question with Morello is uh, just his run style, and, and will he be have too much work to do in the lane if somebody like the uh, you know my two gets out and get, gets pretty loose? Um, and sometimes Joel um, is a little. Here's too my counter to that: he won't. Joel is is a very um, uh, looks like cocky rider, and he knows he's got the best hands in the world. And oftentimes, Joel just thinks, "Oh, I can drop twenty back and close, and I can get there. Totally not a problem." And you get the the Rosario ad lib in, and I, I worry I worry Morello is going to have a little too much to do in the in, you know in the lane here. Now I will say Morello has historically fired very well off the bench. He's a horse that does very well off the layoff, and he's coming back off a layoff here. Um, but you know he's going to need to run his career best race to be the winner here. And I and, you know maybe he he, maybe he's really wanted this trip all along. But my tendency is to think that Morello wants to go a little further. This is a tune up for maybe a seven furlong or mile type race for him. Possibly, and that I think Rotney, this is what he wants to be doing. He wants to run six furlongs. That's his jam. And, uh, you know, so we're both on prices and, um, I like mine. You like yours. This is what Mutel is made for. 
yeah, this is this is what this is what good old paramutual rate wagering is all about. And uh, you know, it's about me being right and uh, Mark being um, wrong, wrong, or not. We'll see. We'll see who has whose money in whose pocket at the at the end of the race. That's the great part about racing. Um, great part about having Mark Capitan around is he's good at handicapping, and he does some handicapping on the YouTubes, all the Twitters with some folks we know. You want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, every Thursday evening we do uh, a little bit of uh, – well, we've, lately we've been doing a bankroll building series where uh, Josh is sort of running away with it, trying to turn $50, $50 into $1,000, playing some uh, good old-fashioned evening tracks. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, but we're going to get back into the swing of things here, starting to get some of these derby prep races, and we'll get you keyed up for the weekend, know where the big stakes are, know where the good sequences are, and, and do a little live uh, live handicapping along the way uh that's thursday at every thursday 8 30 eastern uh that's what 7 30 central and uh we're on the youtube god's you time. can find us at 7 30 god's time 7 30 god's time okay yeah okay 7 30 flyover state time um all right okay. whatever yeah yeah uh, Semant- but- semantics good sir we are, but it's uh, it's on the wrong lead on the YouTubes and on Twitter and uh, on the wrong lead.com is our website. So check us out, hop in, say hi on a Thursday evening, and uh, it's a fun time, laid back. It's like sitting in an OTB, except for you know it's on the YouTube. I don't know if this is an endorsement or not, but I used to do stuff with these guys, and they're pretty sharp. Yeah, uh, you know you're yeah. pretty sharp yourself, man. I mean you're, you're you have this Oakland thing down. Oakland's a tough track. It's a real but, tough track. And if you can, you know, I know you're I know you're positive ROI on the on the year and uh, on your win bet side. So that's a pretty damn impressive thing when you're talking about a track that's as competitive and as deep as a, as an Oakland Park is. It just plays into my strength of uh, ignoring reality and just imagining the craziest shit possible uh, could could happen because sometimes it does. Yeah, uh, and when yeah. it does, it's at a monster price. So, I, and when you, whenever you see a race that's an Archie Bread Maiden race, you know the crazy is about to happen. This yeah. this last race in oh, the sequence, God. oh boy, that is just brutal. These Archie yeah. Bread. Whew. Yeah. I, quick note. I mean, the the reason. I mean, typically you'd probably be coming into the show firing with like a pick five or a pick four or something. Like the way they constructed this card made it very difficult to hit those sort of races. Uh, those sort of sequences. So if you are playing those pick fives, pick fours for, for Friday at Oakland, I mean, best of luck to you. I mean, shoot your shot. You could walk away with uh, sex island money. Yeah, I, I think you can definitely walk away with Sex Island money. That this is a, this is a type of card that produces that, especially. And again, like we've mentioned a couple of times, these non-winners races where you you know. You know these those non-winners. You're just as likely to have the seven to five win as the twenty to one win. It feels like at times. So those races are very wide open, and there's a bunch of them all over this card. Uh, and you know, and then some Archie Bread Maiden races. Those are tough. So tough card. But you know, when I say tough, I actually I really that's a, a term of endearment coming from me because I want those tough cards. And uh, you know, put a little work in, you know, dig into the handicapping, know what you have, and those are the, those are the days that are uh, that are profitable for you. I mean, if you hit both pick fives, then you could probably afford the Sex Island and then like a shuttle submarine from the mainland to get you to Submarines. the Sex Island, so, which so you, by proxy makes it a sex submarine. Oh, okay, 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 a sex submarine. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't expect people to compose themselves under the sea while being shuttled to a sex island. They're already all tuned up, you know. 
just the just the fiery anticipation of what's going to be. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll catch you next time on the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Have fun racing Friday.